The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let some things be retrograde. Yes, let some retrograde. Yes, let some retrograde. Yes, let some retrograde. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hi. We're back. Do you like that enthusiasm from my bedroom? Yeah, that was really, really. Enthu- I was wondering where you were sitting. Yeah, you switching it up. You moved your office to your bedroom. I did. Listen, man, new chair set up. You know what? I had truly the realty is I had this vision of needing to change where my mirror was. I moved it into my closet, and now it's like I swear to God. My whole my whole existence has shifted. Not to not to put too much importance on the shui, but it's it was a domino effect of like everything kind of coming into place. It's funny because I moved a mirror into my bedroom because I know the shui rule is generally like you don't want a mirror in your bedroom because you don't want to like multiply the energy. But I'm like, I want to multiply the energy mm-hmm. of my own self to be, mm-hmm. you know, two. And yeah. so I'm like practicing with the mirror for like a specific magic and see what happens. The magic happens. No, I will tell you, you know, Megan Wallace James, uh, she talks about, she she has the best vocabulary for all her work, but she talks about elegant systems and how the, how the home needs those. I kid you not, within two hours of me moving this massive mirror, it was like my own old styling studio mirror. So it's huge. And- Joey we was talking to me and he's like, we should think of some systems for for how to, you know, where things should go and like some reorganization stuff. Never in my life has a male brought that up. <laughs> and I was like, I like sent a f- all caps message to Megan. I was like, this is real. <laughs> it was crazy. So, but it was really like I moved that mirror and all of a sudden like everything just dialed into place. So love that. Amen. And now here I here I sit. I moved in the that new mirror, space. and then all of a sudden, someone was just in my bed going down on me, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> this shit works." See, so, lesson for today: move your mirror. Mirror magic is real. <laughs> mirror magic is so real. Um, so guys, at the beginning of the week, we had Wilma May Basta and Danielle Jackson from Dark Beauty. Uh, join the show. We're continuing the conversation. There was just so much there. This gets into brands and and how to be authentically inclusive. So if anyone's interest has their own brand or is interested in marketing, this is just such incredible insight. And then we talk about the healing arm to Dark Beauty that offers therapy, complementary therapy to women of color. And Cynthia Arrivo is in the mix with that story, which is just so fun. So again, we fell in love with Wilma and Danielle and are thrilled to continue the convo today. Well, I think that there's nothing left to really do or say, but just cut back to it. Because we had that that blow up moment of Instagram where there was so much like virtue signaling and all of those things, like I, I would like to get your take on you know, I think we, we, we scratched this a little, but I think it would be helpful for people who are running brands to know, you know, what is a good way if they're suddenly waking up to, you know, 
inclusivity or telling different stories or bringing on more people? What, what are good ways to authentically go about that? Yeah, like, you know, I think that the world has suddenly just shifted to people being like, oh, yeah, other people exist in the world. <laughs> so how, how, how not to be performative. Yeah, yeah. How not to be performative. This is obviously something I've been thinking about for years now, about how brands can do better. And, you know, we are now in this phase in the last few months where brands are actively coming to us because they're like, how can we get involved? And we're still early days. We haven't even launched our community platform yet. That launches in a few months. But just to give you an example, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna name a brand. I'm not trying to drag them. They've already been dragged, but everybody will know, and it makes it relevant. I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that. But let's just say we have a one of our tribes on the platform is a travel tribe. Now. You may or may not know, probably only 35% of Americans have passports. They don't actually travel a lot abroad, you know, in great numbers as, as we could. So a lot of Americans don't really, don't really know about the rest of the world. And it's, you, you, you see even less black folks abroad. It's like what I was saying in skiing. You know, you don't really see. And I know they have a ski club in America, which I would love to get connected with. But where I've skied in Europe, it, you know, you, you don't see many black folks. So I love this idea, like, you know, you know, there are blogs like Travel Noir has, has started up and talk, shows black folks in spaces where you didn't necessarily imagine yourself. So let's imagine that we have our travel tribe and um, away luggage decides they want to come and work with us. So let's say they come to us and say, we'd love to work with your travel tribe, right? So instead of me saying, you know, and say, let's do a campaign where we give away some free luggage. That's not interesting to me because that does not help our community, right? For us, the first thing that we do is we ask, how does this benefit the individuals in our community? Or how does this benefit this community where they get more than just a piece of luggage, right? This becomes about more than selling that piece of luggage. Bed in with this community, spend a year in the community, pay for the privilege to spend a year in this community. Get to know who they are, get to know and we'll create what that looks like as a team, right? So we're kind of part agency, right? We'll create a plan, a year-long plan, part of which will consist of, um, let's say we, we create a fund for, to help Black women who have never traveled abroad to get their passports, to organize their first trip, and that they get to, they get to come into this program where they get to go travel abroad. Not only is it a great opportunity for someone to fulfill a dream that they never thought was even possible, right? But there's amazing content there, right? There's amazing content there for us, for the brand. So, so it, for me, it's all about how can we create win-win situations, win-win-win situations, right? So it's a win for the brand, right? I'm not into cancel culture. I don't believe in that. I think that as human beings, as companies, if you have the will to evolve and change, then we need to hold space for each other to do that because that's how we move forward as a society, right? So let's see how we can help the brand to win and learn and evolve themselves. Let's see how we can help Black women to, to more than just buying their damn luggage. Now, Black women are the most brand loyal women in America. I probably already said that. But if they see that you're supporting them, right? And we do, we can do activity throughout the year with a way, right? So we set up a fund for Black women who've never traveled before. 
we talk about which country would you like to go to? So, you know, we get maybe like a hundred women or a thousand women say we would love Spain. So we go, okay, let's, let's bring in, because let's say we're all virtual right now. Let's bring in some Spanish experts around what it's like to be in Spain. How do we prepare for the trip to Spain? What are some of the off the beaten path things? And a way luggage could do that as opposed to, I, I don't buy into these brand messages. They're brand myths to me. Like my life isn't better because I bought your luggage. My life is better because I get the opportunity to go and travel and learn and be in another culture. How are you going to help me do that? And so those are the kinds of relationships that we want to build and develop with brands. Let's take a time out, Elizabeth, and let's talk about one of our partners who we're so excited about. They've become one of our rituals, if you will. Oh, I saw what you did there and I liked it. are actually called Ritual and they are a multivitamin that we love. They have been on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry from their inception because they are created by a team of scientists and are clinically tested over-the-counter vitamins. We love it. Without additives, synthetic fillers, or those shady extras, which we very much appreciate. And they're committed to showing us the nutrients, where it comes from, why they chose it, and they call this traceability. I love it because, first of all, it comes to our doorstep. And I appreciate that. You don't got to leave the house. Really ahead of the curve on the whole not leaving the house thing. (laughs) Who knew that our our predisposition to laziness would someday come in extreme handy? Beautiful handy. You can sign up on the website. You can have a subscription. You can pause it any time, which I really appreciate. That's very easy. And I like it that I can take it on an empty stomach very important or a full stomach, either one. And let's not forget everyone's favorite, the minty fresh taste. Minty Burp Society, what up? Where, where are you at, guys? Raise your hand. Um, so when Ritual did a clinical study of their essential for women, they showed an increase in vitamin D levels and omega-3 DHA levels. And, you know, in a time of a global pandemic that is attacking a respiratory system, vitamin D is very, very, very important. So it's very cool that you're getting everything from Ritual. And if you go on their website, you can see where everything comes from. And I'm just like obsessed with how transparent they are. Daily changes can lead to big results. So start small today. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off their first three months. So to try that out, satisfaction guaranteed, head over to ritual.com slash retrograde. And that's 10% off during your first three months, ritual.com slash retrograde. Let's now back, back to, to the, the show. show. Yes. I think the biggest part is that brands have to, aside from dark beauty and what we can bring to the table, it's brands have to realize that if they are really like about this life, as they would say, like it's not, you can't just like, like Wilma said, you can't just buy into it. You can't just do a sweeps. You can't do a giveaway and one off and that's going to solve it. You're going to look worse off than you started. You have to really invest in these communities that are marginalized, you have to be there for some amount of time for it to even, you know, broach the issues that are there and have people really believe that you are there to help, that you really do give a shit. Yeah. And remember, they still don't have diverse in-house teams. And then a lot of companies complain and say that there's no pipeline for Black talent or diverse talent, uh, which is bullshit. This is my number one pain point at home. My husband and I talk about this all the time. 
with companies that are like, oh, well, you just don't have the candidates. Listen, there is mediocre talent out there in every sector, right? Black mediocre, white mediocre, indigenous mediocre, like across the board in every race, ethnicity, religion, there is mediocre, right? So you cannot tell me of the entire talent pool that you see, everyone is freaking stellar. So if we're talking mediocre to mediocre, what's wrong with bringing in the, you know, the brown mediocre person in exchange for the, and I'm not saying like, um, why am I drawing a blank on the ruling affirmative action? I'm not saying on that, but like, if you're like, just bring in the, all the freaking mediocre people and just have a melting pot have the freaking melting pot of just like everybody and anybody who could do a half-ass job because you're not you can't you can't tell me you know what I'm saying like I'm not saying you know black people are superior and I'm not saying white people are superior but if we're talking about you know in every company and think of all the companies we've worked for you've had colleagues who are you're like how the fuck are you still here Almost everyone that's in business that I work with, I'm like, I could do your job. I could do your job. Yeah. So, so I'm just like, tell me you, you can't find that equivalent in another group. (laughs) You can't tell me that. And that is like the running joke we have in my household. Like, are you kidding me? Like any, come on. You can't say that. Well, I said something before that was really interesting or, or maybe it was actually, I think you actually said it, which is like, and I have this conversation a lot with um, my friend Brian, who grew up similarly to what you were describing in the way that he was black, but he grew up in like a not a very black community. So he, you know, didn't, doesn't identify with like as much like the, the predominant stereotype stereotype of being a black American and something that he always says, which I think he's always like, America has more of like a socioeconomic issue than like a racial issue. And then we, we have a racial issue, but like, we bring like the problem is more that it's like diminishing socioeconomically. So the opportunity, like I, I want, I really am fascinated by that concept because that's where the opportunities aren't coming through. But it's but the socioeconomic issue is because it's racist. <laughs> it's just racism. It just goes, it just goes back to racism. It's, it, it is only ever racism. It's the, it's the origin of everything. America has been invested in racism since the day slavery started. Just because, you know, we were freed doesn't mean that, I mean, racism was still thriving and it still is today. It's not going away, unfortunately. You know, there's a stereotype, black, most black people don't know how to swim, right? I was a swimmer. I did junior Olympics. I was on the swim team. Like, that was my life. Black girl, you know, like, everyone's like, oh my God. But if you think back to why that stereotype exists, it's because black people weren't allowed to swim. Then if you think about it, you weren't allowed into a pool, you know? So then compound that upon you can't afford a pool. Then think of all the generations of people who can't swim. And so then it, then it just becomes a norm. Going back to what Wilma said, it starts with racism. Right. No, no, I wasn't suggesting otherwise. I just think that when we're talking about like letting the mediocre people in, it's like, okay, also maybe look in different places for people who are eligible for these jobs who could do them that maybe aren't like getting the same opportunity because of the class issue and the nepotism and all those things. So that's more what I was kind of speaking to as far as like the brands are concerned. Large corporations need to, you know, they have a big CSR function, a lot of, a lot of companies. And, you know, they're like, we're going to go put money into Africa and put water wells. And I'm like, you need to like start with putting clean water into Flint or, 
or helping black communities here, like, or, you know, putting scholarships in place for black students or uh, Latino, Latino students or, you know, people that are disadvantaged. You know, I probably get on my high horse a little bit and, and, and I'm probably wrong on some of this, but, you know, I kind of think if you're going to, if you've got the CSR function, sort yourselves out at home. Like, you know, people abroad, people have been trying to save Africa for decades. And, you know, is it saved (laughs) yet? I mean, you know, is it really? I mean, my husband works in helping African companies raise money. And, you know, there's a lot going on over there. But I think we need to sort of sort our own house out first. All right. So we're taking a break. A smart moment, if you will, because we're talking about our friends at Quip with a new product. We love it. Product discovery. They have a new smart electric toothbrush where good habits actually earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. Quip smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth and it can track when and how well you brush. It will give you tips and coaching to improve your habits and you will earn points for daily brushing and bonus points completing the challenges. Wait, this is so great for a child because I remember being a kid and putting my toothbrush in my mouth and just being like, okay, I'm done. Like not really understanding. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, for a child, but also myself, I'm so down to gamify my my oral routine, if you will. So true. Me too. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> wink. So you guys know why we love Quip. They do this sensitive sinic vibration situation where it's... A, goes on a two minute timer, 30 second, every 30 second, it pulses for which quadrant of your mouth to hit for a guided clean. It's slim, it's lightweight, it's sleek, it's chic. There's no wires. There's no bulky charger. My boyfriend has the type of electric toothbrush that has a bulky charger. Mine is like chic and tiny with no cords. And I feel like I'm winning in the bathroom. Also, it's like they come in really beautiful colors. Yeah. We're, we're just big fans. And now with this new smart brush, I'm here for it. And yet again, you don't have to leave your house. It comes Yay. right to your door. So you can start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip, that's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash retrograde right now. And you'll get your first free refill for free. So that's your brush head. That's a refill that they send to you every three months on subscription. So that's your first free refill at getquip.com slash retrograde. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash retrograde. Quip is better oral health, made simple and rewarding. Now back to the show. So you guys have a therapy arm of dark beauty. Please tell us about that. Wilma has always been very transparent about the importance of mental health and therapy and finding that balance and what that looks like for you and being in tune with herself. I too, but Wilma more vocal. Um, And so with that, with the murder of George Floyd, Wilma actually just woke up one morning. Um, We had a call. Oh, it was before that. that. It was was the onset. It was the end of April, just after maybe a month into being quarantined. um, Wilma woke up and, and, called me and said, hey, our community is about to be fucked, (laughs) like, on another level. Like, not only that people are losing their jobs or being furloughed, you can't pay their rent, but just think of the psychological effects of being stuck inside if you have children, if you live with the elderly. Like, what does that look like for our community? 
And Wilma essentially was just like, we need to do something. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do something. And it was like, all right, well, let's just, it literally stemmed. It was a eureka moment. It was like, okay, well, let's get on the phones. Let's call some therapists and see if they can donate some hours. It, it Honestly, the idea was that sweet, beautiful, and innocent. Let's see what they can donate. And so what we did is we got on the phones. We called one therapist, called another therapist. One therapist was very gracious with her time and sat there and spoke with us. Um, you know, cause we're like, we're not in this space <laughs> at all. You know, we just know from personal experience. Um, and she's just like, well, just so you know that most therapists are encouraged to donate 20 hours annually to give free hours. And we're like, Oh, well, could you give us 10 of those hours? Cause now we're talking April. We're like, okay, it's kind of early enough on the year. So maybe she hasn't given those away, hasn't donated them. And she was like, yeah, for sure. And we're like, Oh, well, could you call a couple of your friends and would they donate? And she was just like, sure. We're like, and it's just like the light bulb went off. We just like started really like hitting the ground running, reaching out to therapists, reached out to Mental Health America, which is the premier mental health um, organization within the United States, um, spoke to them about what we were trying to do. We And we wanted to offer 10,000 hours of therapy to people within our community, um, namely women of color. Um, the goal was to have as many therapists of color so that people can see that. But then we also learned that that percentage is super tiny um, within this space, like so tiny. Um, so we definitely, so we did, did open it up to therapists who are racially competent. So we do have um, therapists, men and women available on our site and, and just to be HIPAA compliant because that is a huge piece to the puzzle when you're dealing with therapy and providing service. What we decided to do is instead of getting data from everyone because you have to be HIPAA compliant to do so. And since the telehealth therapy laws had been lax due to COVID and people not being able to go into offices, um, what we decided to do is pull together a directory. Um, so our directory is available on our website. This is our beauty backslash dark DRK hyphen feeling. Go onto our site, filter by your state because eventually the new norm will settle in and you can leave your homes as we are starting to do that now. But, you know, we want you to be able to see your therapist, um, in person. Guys. All right. I've been hearing from a lot of you. Skin is a problem right now. Add it to the list. We're not able to get facials. We have masks on our faces. We're breaking out. It's hard to see a doctor. Like, it's just not the best scenario when it comes to controlling some problem skin issues. I hear you. I feel you. So we're so thankful that we found this very cool platform called Curology that will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare. So basically you head over to their website and you start by doing like an intake form where you answer questions online about your skin and then you send them a few selfies. And then Curology then matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin and if it's a good fit. And then you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your unique skin issues. So cool. So great. And then they put you on this treatment plan that ships your custom formula right to your door. So here's the thing. I tried it out. And not only 
did they they send me samples to try, but also they followed up and they were like, we want to know how it's going. And it just felt like the closest thing to having a professional at my fingertips, which is kind of not happening right now. Like my facial people aren't around. So I feel like we got to we got to figure out and take advantage of what the Internet has to offer. And I really appreciate that. So what's awesome about this is that anyone can try it for free. So you get a powerful skin treatment made just for you today. But if you head over to Curology.com slash retrograde, do the intake form, you send the pictures, and then you'll get a free 30-day trial by just paying shipping and handling. You'll get a free 30-day trial at Curology, that's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash retrograde. Unlock your free 30-day trial and start to address things like acne, fine lines, breakouts, dark spots, any of your skin queries and issues they will tackle for you. Yes. And I also loved how gentle the face wash is and the moisturizer. You know, I've got super sensey skin and no issues over here. So big fan, um, guys, a great option if you're dealing with some skin issues. So check it out. Back to the show. We launched dark beauty healing on the 15th of May with just a few hundred hours and within a month. And we also had some shout outs online from Lala Anthony and India Moore and Hannah Bronfman and uh, some other people. I don't know who all the celebrities are in America because I've been abroad. That's so also the running joke. She's like, who's that? And we're like, oh my God, Wilma. <laughs> I have no idea who they are. So, um, we got some shout outs, which was great. And we kept just staying on the phone, talking to clinicians over and over, getting them to sign up, getting them to tell two friends and their friends and so on and so on. And within a month, we had a thousand hours of donated therapy. That's how you do things. You stalk all your friends because you're like, I need you to know what I'm doing is important. (laughs) (laughs) And I need you to help me. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're really, I'm sure they were all tired of the emails that I kept sending. I was like, oh, and another one and another one. (laughs) I don't see you posting. (laughs) It's great. She's so good at that. I'm rubbish at that. And uh, so we, so one of her friends posted about dark beauty healing in their stories. And the actress, Cynthia Rivo saw it and said, this looks like an amazing initiative. I'd love to get involved and got in touch with uh, the friend because they are mutual friends and said, can you put me in touch with the founder? So uh, Danielle's friend put her in touch with Danielle on DMs. She said, I really would love to get involved with what you're doing. I think it's amazing. And Danielle turns around and says, "You, you do know that Wilma is the founder of Dark Beauty. Like, would love for this to happen. Yeah. And she's like, I'm like, you do know. She's like, Wilma. I'm like, yeah, for legend. She's like, I know who Wilma is. And this is all DM. So, you know, I'm giving voice to like typing, but there were some caps in there. She's like, I know. I'm like, okay. This is a case for why we love social media, which we have a, you know, we can give a huge list of, of no's, but that is a beautiful connection. She said, let's hop on a Zoom call now. So Cynthia, me and Danielle hop on a Zoom call. And here's why it was so amazing. Here's how I know Cynthia. So back in my previous life as a vintage dealer in London, as I said, you sell one of everything. So it's really hard for me to get PR for my business because 
you know, Vogue doesn't want to write about me. In the UK, I know there were several reasons why that didn't happen. But one of the main reasons that fashion magazines don't do it is because you sell one of everything, right? So being a PR girl myself and trying to think outside of the box, I said, well, how am I going to get PR for my business? So I decided that I was going to call up all the agents in London and say, look, all your young up-and-coming actresses that the big designers won't dress, send them to me. And so I got all these amazing young actresses, one of whom was Cynthia Erivo, before anybody knew who she was. And for several years, I dressed her for the red carpet. So we got on the phone, we got on the Zoom call. I burst into tears. Oh my gosh. She was in tears. And I'm just like frozen. I'm like, <laughs> like two people, two people were like fawning. I love you so much. You changed my life. And I'm just like, hi guys. But then I start crying because I'm like wrapped up in the emotion of it. And it's like three women just like crying on, crying on a Zoom. Also, it's like a pandemic. So everyone's just like generally unwell. Hyper <laughs> emotional. Everyone's just like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm yeah. Like, oh my God. It was beautiful. It really and was then beautiful. She was like, I'm going to, I want to get involved with this, Wilma. This is amazing. This is a, this is a magical moment. And I'm going to donate $25,000 as well. And then I just, I just lost it all. I was like, oh my God, we've been working so hard as a team. Like we've been working so hard, seven days a week hard. And just to have this break, you know, it felt, it just felt such like a really, truly divine moment. And so we've been working with Cynthia now for the last couple of months and we're, we're planning some really exciting, um, we have an amazing, exciting event coming up in late September. That is, um, I can't tell you about it yet, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be amazing. When Danielle talked about having faith before, it, you really do have to have faith during these times because it, the alternative just doesn't work. It just doesn't work to live in fear. It doesn't work to live. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly the person that's going to be like, let's just, let's just, Danielle had this really funny thing, whereas I'm just like, I'm like, she said, Wilma, you're the person that goes, let's go. And we run off the cliff and you're going, but do you have a parachute? <laughs> and, and I'm just running off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Straight ahead. I'm like, let's, let's do it. I'm a hit the fuck it button kind of gal. And so I just, I literally will just go, let's just do it. I don't care if we fail, but if we don't try, we're going to really hate ourselves. And so I don't attach, I don't attach this kind of meaning that people do attach to failure. I don't see failure as something bad. I don't see failure as something that says something about who I am. In fact, and I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me because uh, I know who I am. But what I do is I put myself in a position to succeed by just doing it, by getting out of the way and just doing it and figuring it out. And if I don't know, I'll ask the question. If you think I'm stupid, that's your problem, not mine. I'm going to still ask the question. I'm still going to teach myself about how to do it. I'm still going to get out there and try and do everything with excellence. And when I feel exhausted or I feel run down or I feel a little bit low, I feel it, let it all come through knowing it will pass. And then I get up again and I keep right on rolling. And, and that's what we do. And that's what we do as a team. And, you know, during this time, as hard as it's been, I mean, I cried. I cried every day for the month of June. I cried every single day. I woke up crying on my Zoom calls. I told every business meeting I was in, I might cry. And I had my box of tissues next to me. And I did. 
And then I cried myself to sleep in my husband's arms at night because of everything that was going on. That's never happened to me before, but I let it all come through, right? I let it all come through. There's no shame, but my team, it's been amazing working with these wonderful women because we all held space for each other on our team calls. We just, first of all, we just talk for like the first 45 minutes, like what's going on for each of us. And then we get into the nitty gritty of the work to be done. And I feel like right now, this is the reason why it's so special that everything we're doing with Dark Beauty Healing is like, we're now one of the leading providers of free therapy for women of color in America. We have over 2000 hours of therapy. We have over a hundred clinicians on our platform. We're covering over 52, we're covering 52% of America. That's just therapists who've donated hours. Wow. We haven't even fundraised yet. We're about to. We do. We have a GoFundMe page. And people, we, we would encourage people to donate, even if it's $10. It goes back to the fundraising. And, um, you know, these therapists and clinicians are giving time, you know, and just, we, we also talk to them like, well, how are you helping yourselves? Because think, who talks to the therapist? Therapists need therapists. You oh, know, they that have kind therapists. They have their therapists. Yeah. So not only are they donating time, but it's also a pandemic. You know, you're not just helping our community, but I'm sure you're helping others as well. And the idea is you have to keep your lights on too. So not only do we want you to keep your lights on so you can continue providing services, but we want to make sure that say you donate 10 hours. We know that's barely scratching the surface for anyone, right? That's pretty much like your intake time. We want it. The, the reason that we are fundraising is so that we can then go back to that therapist and say, hey, all the clients that you had through Dark Beauty Healing, here's the money to make sure that they can get a full year's worth of therapy, mm-hmm. right? So that's where the fundraising is. It's really about continuing to give back to the, con- the community and continuing that service that they're receiving because we have gotten positive feedback, although we're not asking for it from people who have used our services, but they can continue that work. You need to continue that work. It's not you know, you don't write down one chapter in your diary and you're like, oh, that was great. Like, I feel better. No, nailed like, it. Nailed it. <laughs> Generational you know, like, trauma. Bye. Recession. Right. <laughs> right. And now you're out here just like skipping around. No. Yeah. yeah even if you feel healed within three, ser- three um, sessions, because that's a possibility. Everyone's yeah. different. But then you turn on the news or you walk down the street or someone says something to you or your parents say something to you and then you're boom, you're right back at square one. You need, you need that ongoing service. So that's where the fundraising really, really helps so that we can help these people further within their you know, journey because it is a journey, right? It's not a one-stop shop, you know, just like buy it. The, the other, thing that, other thing that people can do to help is that if they know of therapists that, um, that they can ask and tell them about our initiative. We need more therapists. Like Danielle said, it would be great if we could have um, all therapists of color. But I think in America, of of all the therapists in America, only 4% are black. So there aren't enough, right? So we do, but you do have culturally competent clinicians and you do have other ethnicities. And so we need Latinas, we need East Asia, we need South Asian therapists. We need white therapists because not every black person needs to have a black therapist, right? So, you know, we need, if you know a therapist, if anyone out there knows a therapist that would like to donate 10 hours or more, then you can sign there. It's just as easy for them to sign up on our site and our team. We verify them and make sure that they are licensed clinicians. 
and uh, we add them in. And we just had one practice in New York who have 20 therapists, I believe, who just donated uh, over 200 hours. They're paying their therapists to be part of our, wow. uh, of our initiative. And so that we haven't made that live yet, but that's, that's going live soon. So we're, so we, so we want to raise the money. We need more therapists. And just so everybody knows that one of the reasons why we made it into a directory is so that there's no hoops to jump through. You literally go on, you search for a clinician, you email them, you get the treatment. You don't have to apply. You don't have to, because here's the thing, right? There are, there are, and, and, and it's great. There are different services out there helping people of color to get access to mental health. I, you know, I'm, fully supportive of that. But having gone through my own mental health journey, I went through depression 10 years ago. I was hospitalized for six weeks and I had to figure this out, right? So that's why it's really important to me. You can't think your way out of a box when you are in, in the midst of depression or anxiety. To fill out a form would have been beyond me at that time. So we wanted to make this as simple and easy as possible for people to go and get therapy for free. For free, nothing else. Just go and get it. It's there for you. We don't want your data. We don't want your, we don't want data mining. We're not doing that. <laughs> Just find the person and keep, keep the party going. Yeah, because, you know, I find a lot of times with um, like things with mental health, you know, it is exactly what you're describing, Wilma, where it's like maybe, you know, when you're in that depth of the depression or or the anxiety or whatever it is that you're going through, you know, it's so much to even say that you need help to then have to jump through all these hoops and push it. It's so much effort that then on the back end, when you talk to people who don't end up getting the help, it's that is exactly the reason. Then all of these, and they sound like excuses, but the reality is, is that there's obstacles. And so you understand why someone who's beaten down or, or, or just in a low place doesn't do that because they don't have the strength to do that. Otherwise they wouldn't be in that space that they're in to begin with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's, it's exactly. unfortunate because they're like, no, just see right around, right around the paperwork. You can get the thing or, you know, and it's not, it's not that simple. I know we have a lot of therapists that listen to this show that I do know. Um, hit us up. Um, Finally, I want to ask, you know, a more of like a lighter question. We're here. We've been kind of asking everyone throughout this time, like what's like one like grounding practice or like fun self-care thing you're doing to just kind of keep the spirits high during this moment. So what's funny is one of my friends in this like, you know, you're all these group texts, group texts, group texts. And so one of my friends is like, listen, y'all, for August, I'm doing a wellness wellness month and I'm like what's the wellness month because we all just make up reasons to do things right she's like this is what it is and I signed on and I am in love with it and so now I have to tell everyone about it and I don't think it's specific to the month of August so make it your own but essentially we're making it August and it's no drinking Crazy. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, just for 30 days, just for 30 days. Cause like, you know, we've been drinking, right? Like, you know, it's a pandemic. I'm a full-blown alcoholic. We, we teach yeah. Wilma because she's like, she's not really the hard liquor kind of girl. She's like, I drink copious amounts of wine. And we're like, Me us too. on the team, we're like, pickle back. Like, we're just like, shot. She's just like, I'm just drinking my nice sherry. Um, but okay, so one, it's no alcohol just for the month. But from, and this speaks to the whole wellness piece, right? 
listen, make all your doctor's appointments, right? All of them, your dentist, your paps, your mammals, your whatever, whatever you need to do, do that. Cause you have to, right? And we all, we're stuck inside. We've been in here for months. Everyone's forgetting what day it is. You need to get checked, right? Cause who knows what's manifesting because you're not in a good space, right? You're stuck inside. And then, you know, get back on the wagon, take a walk around the block. If you're, you know, outside of the city, walk in the open space, get some air and see where you can plan. If you're able to plan some form of a trip, a day or two where you can get outdoors and really get the blood flowing. So that's our August challenge to one another. The thing that I do for wellness right now, I guess if I was, if I had something that I've been really focusing on is just breathing. I think, I think we don't give enough importance to breath. I meditate most days. Uh, this has been hard this year, but I, I tend to meditate most days and I use an amazing app called Insight Timer. Part of that meditation is where I breathe. And I either do something where I am breathing and using my arms, where I do something go. When you do that, I do that for about maybe three to five minutes. It changes everything. And um, I often do it before I get out of bed. Not that, but I just breathe through my nose and out of my mouth, deep breaths. Weirdly enough, it actually helps you have a slight hangover if you just breathe. Breathe in through your nose, four breaths, you know, four counts, and then out through your mouth, four counts. And you do that like 25, 30 times, and it really shifts a lot of the buzz in your head. But just generally every day now, and during the day, I take time to just breathe. It's really simple. <laughs> Everyone can do it. And <laughs> it's very a huge, enormous <laughs> difference. And then I, the other thing that I'm doing right now is that calms me, and this is not for everybody, is I burn a little Palo Santo, um, which I discovered when I went to the, when we were at the assemblage, they used to, to waft this around everywhere. But I love the smell of this and I find it really calming. This has been a joy. I feel like we met like kindred spirits and we're so excited to watch what you're doing evolve and grow. It's so beautiful. and. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This is so fun. We've <laughs> never been on a Zoom call for this long with anyone else. So I looked up at the time. I was like, holy shit. This, yeah. is, this is rare and special. And, we're, and I'm taking acknowledgement and gratitude for real. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I know we all have to meet up together and have some wine. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Elizabeth, it's time for R&T. Yeah, you know me. Hey, 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 hey. I have a rose. You have a thorn. I'm starting. Okay, cool. Um, my rose is my recent discovery of my love of plants, specifically of the fern variety. I have three, three different types of ferns in my home right now. As a 34, almost 35-year-old woman, you know, the need inside of me to care for things has just increased exponentially. And whilst we know I love Carlos, um, you know, your dog, yes, my dog, the plants have brought a whole new, happy, wonderful energy into my life. And as I stare at this pothos variety, I just want to say thanks to them. 
<laughs> Cute. I've never really had a green thumb. I know you're like, you're quite the planter and you're really connected to that. And like, I'm more of a plant murderer usually. So this is like a real revelation for me. That's beautiful. I see the expansion and the growth within your soul and I... I honor it. Thank you. I went to a nursery. But the I also really. Thrilling. I also don't have a dog, so the plants I think, you know, soothe that side of my my need to nurture. True, true, true. But true, also, true. I'm still on the search for a dog. Well, so my thing with like plants also is like you know it's kind of like how I was when I got my old bed in my own in my old apartment. It's like. I've always kind of had this thing where I'm like, well, when I'm in a relationship, like I'll do this, this, that, and this. And I don't know, just lately I'm like, no, no. The relationship yeah. doesn't make you get plans. <laughs> you get them for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just like this weird mind fuck where you're kind of waiting around for someone to, to come through and inspire you to do something. And it's like, bitch, do it yourself. And that's just kind of where I'm at. What a rose. What a fern. <laughs> I love the ferns too because they have really fun names. My favorite is the Kimberly Queen. My favorite fern is maiden hair, but it's really hard to keep keep going in the climate. That's the one I showed you that I have. I think so. Like the one that like is traditional fern looking. It looks like lace. No, 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 no. That's a different one. But anyway, okay. So this thorn is inspired by today how we... We spoke about the ills of the fashion world. It's obviously a very layered, full, full, many hours, many series of podcasts needed to really go deep on this. But this is like a lighter gripe that I have with the fashion industry at the moment. And I don't ever want to knock anybody's hustle, of course, but stop sending me marketing emails that include things such as heels, suiting, or even denim. Like, stop. And no one's wearing that. I need sweatpants. I need cotton shorts. I need crop tops and I need silk. Exactly. Like <laughs> if it isn't the most loungy thing possible, yeah. your reading is tone deaf to me. Your reading is missing the mark. And I don't like it. And I understand like clothes have been made. You're trying to sell them, but stop. Yeah, no, I feel it's that. annoying. And I feel like. I've never felt more like I'm being marketed to than the tone deafness of these of these emails. Also, give a bit of subscribing from all the emails. Exactly. (laughs) You get me. You see me. I feel you. It's just rough. But I will say, little spoiler alert, we have a really cool conversation coming really soon around sustainability in the fashion industry and kind of what I believe to be a new wave of how to look at consumption and with the things we wear. So looking forward to that. I also want to shout out the Lumino conversation we had last week with Dr. Madahi. We're getting some great feedback from that and learned a lot about oral and that's important. Elizabeth, if you say oral one more time this season, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. (laughs) <laughs> what will you do? It is just too hot to handle in here. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thanks again to Danielle and Wilma for joining us for this two-parter. If you didn't listen to the first part, go back, go back and check it out. It. And 
We've got our newsletter on and popping that provides all the show notes, everything we mentioned in our, each episode. It's new. We've just started. You can check that out at that's so retrograde.com to sign up. And we promise to never send you anything that won't be of interest. Because like I said, I have gripes when it comes to email marketing. So we're on your side. I think just overall, we promise never to be annoying. Well, I can't promise that. I mean, I can promise that <laughs> I'll never be annoying. I don't know about Elizabeth. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, namaste listening. Love ya. Bye, guys. Yes, that's a retrograde.